guys to another episode of All Things Footy Podcast with PCF. I got my friend Paula here as usual. Yes, good to be back. Good to get going again after another week. Yeah, for all you that uh, tuned in last week, you guys are absolute legends. Keep tuning in. Uh, continue to share the podcast. We really enjoy bringing our, um, our thoughts and ideas and uh, just how we feel about what's going on in the football world. Um, and lots happened uh, in the past week. So we're excited to, you know, get it going. Absolutely. I mean, international break, um, tell you the truth, not my favorite time of the year, but got a little break till March now. Good to get back to uh, club footy and kick on from there. Yeah, and some big games this weekend for sure. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. International break was, yeah, I agree, Bali. It's, uh, it's never really my favorite either. Um, but this week was kind of some interesting games. Uh, I actually really enjoyed this international break. Yeah, what, what games did you watch? I watched the, I watched, obviously, I've watched both U.S. games. Uh, that was like my, my main priority. And then I obviously caught all the highlights. Um, but I watched fully both U.S. games, and they were very good. Um, we spoke about the U.S. men's national team uh, last week and, you know, how exciting this camp was with all these young boys and, yeah. you know, where they're playing in, uh, in the football world today and uh, taking that and putting them into this group. And, uh, man, they really, they really showed something promising. I watched the – the first game I watched against Wales was uh, – it was good. There was a lot of positive signs. You could see the energy. Uh, that we were talking about last week, you know, taking that athleticism and then now they have football brains and then combining both. And what, what you know, what is that end result? And you saw, you know, you saw it in uh, some really promising uh, performances. Um, Eunice Munta uh, was, was amazing. Great. I uh, really liked his energy, um, especially for, you know, first camp and first time meeting all the boys looked really good. Weston McKinney maybe had some of the best two games I've ever seen him play. Full of energy, hard tackles. Um, I heard he yeah, was he looked like a player. I heard he was the standout this week. He was. He was. He really looked like the leader out there as well, which was awesome. Um, so, yeah, in the Wales game, I saw a lot of promising things. Uh, just wasn't really getting the final product in the final third. Um, but, you know, it was, it was promising. I was really excited. I was happy with that performance. Yeah. And then uh, – then the Panama game when we won 6-2. Now, granted, these, these opponents, Wales and Panama, they're not the strongest teams either. But, um, you know, Panama maybe you, you was a team maybe four years ago, four or five years ago, that we would have kind of struggled against. So to see a, a dominating performance like that was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah the, the number nine, uh, his name – is is uh passing me right now but the what the kid that plays in france the number nine had a really strong performance scored two he missed the pin could have had a hat trick and then uh sebastian soto came on uh in the second half and scored two as well uh which was great and obviously Gio reyna had his first goal um so there were some really really good uh performances there i really love the brazilian the brazilian kid was nice really calm uh Pretty much what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, calm on the ball and, you know, does well winning it back. Can he start over Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams at this current moment? No. Oh, it's, but, he's a midfielder, center midfielder? Yeah, he is. Okay. And so, yeah, he's not going to start over those two. Um, but 
adds really great depth, and I definitely think we'll be seeing a lot more of him. Um, nice. That's Johnny Johnny Cardoza. Um, I really liked Ricky uh, Ledesma as well. Uh, he plays currently at PSV um, in the Netherlands, um, and he had a really good link up with uh, Sebastian Soto. So yeah, they played. Apparently, they also played together with each other at uh, the Real Salt Lake Academy when they were younger. So there's a little bit of connection there. Uh, but he looked he looked really sharp as well. Um, but no, overall, really exciting. Uh, I look forward to seeing more of the games in the future with that group. So what do you think? Are we winning the World Cup in 2026? 2026? Um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a on a limb here and say we're gonna compete for it yeah i think we definitely can make a run absolutely no excuse really i mean with with the talent we have why not i mean it's obviously going to be hard we don't know what group we'll get drawn into but you can't say we don't have the ability to make a run in the next couple world cups we definitely right have that capability no yeah you're spot on i don't really expect much from 2022 just because it's still fresh still new um still going to be some final pieces, but I do, you know, I, I do think we can be maybe a team people will be excited about in the next world cup. They'll like watch us play and be like, Oh, you know, there's something, there's something there, like something's coming soon. Yeah. And then I think by the 2026 world cup, I'm, I'm, if we, if we can make it to a semifinal, if we can make it to the semifinal, I'd be pleased, but I'm going to obviously, I'm going to try to, you know, be ambitious here and say they make it to the final, but I mean, that, that's pretty ambitious. Yeah, I mean, we we have talent, but then I, I sit and look at some of the other giants, you know, like Kai Havertz, young player in Germany, like some of the young players they have. Are we there yet? No. So it's just a matter of getting the team to play well together because you'll have a lot. Of- do, you rate, do you rate Kai? Oh, yeah, I think he's really good. I mean, he, he hasn't had the best of starts uh, for Chelsea. I mean, I guess, I guess what it is, do you think he's worth the money that they pay for? With the market nowadays, I don't think anybody's worth the money, you know, that they're being paid for. But, um, I mean, you can you can just see, man. You can see players who are having bad games. You can still see if they're quality players. Like, he, he just makes a difference. Every time he gets the ball, he's dangerous. He looks forward. He's, he's a guy you don't want to play against. I think he's a perfect Premier yeah. League player. He's also what, 20, 21 years old. Yeah, he's young. But I mean, you can also say the same about uh, Weston McKinney at Juventus uh, having a strong start. You can say the same about Gio Reyna at Dortmund having a strong start. So I think if, like, you know, you take that age group of the German players uh, and then compare them to our our age group, then I think they're competing. I think they're competing with each other. Uh, I think. Obviously, the Germans have a lot more depth and a lot more experience with the older players. But I think if you're taking that range of from, you know, 19 to 22, 23 right yeah. now, we, we, you know, it would be a strong, it'd be a really competitive match. Um, yeah. yeah. And also, hey, speaking of Germany, uh, did you, did you catch the Spain-Germany game? I did. Yeah, I watched it. I mean... It's just, it's a crazy sport, you know. You have Bayern killing Barca, and then you 8-2, and then another six-goal difference the other way, Spain beating Germany. When At this level, if you're on it and you're having 
such like a great day. You can you can beat anyone, and you can see anyone get defeated. Um, like Tony Cruz said, he's like, they just out, they were on another level today. Nothing we could have done. We have to be better. That's it. He's he's lived it. Yeah, he's been on the other side of it as well with Real Madrid, where yeah, we just played better than the other team today, even though we're both top teams. It just yeah, I don't I don't know. A lot of people are giving uh, German defense a hard time. Uh, I mean, as they, as they should, as they should. I mean, yeah, like you said, Tony Cruz came out. Uh, I think some one of his like exact words that he said was, "Spain taught us a footballing lesson today." Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it's like kind of a wake up call. And honestly, no, I mean the coach, the coach has been on the uh, on the edge for a little bit now. I think this is. Uh, I think pretty soon here you're going to see a swap. Um, he's been in that position far too long. Uh, yeah, did he? Did he lead them to a World Cup? Sure, but you know it's just been too long. They need a fresh identity, fresh change. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Obviously, uh, I'm in Germany still for just a few more days, but yeah, I mean, yeah, six nil. Nobody was happy the next day here. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, when you're when you have a team of that quality, no excuses, you know. But I'm sure they'll bounce back. I'm sure they will. For sure. What other games did you catch on the national? Um, just saw a few highlights, you know, of the European nations um, groups and stuff. But I did get to see Greece play both games uh, with my dad. Of course, both yeah. of those. I mean, first game was against Moldova. We won as we should have. I think two nil. And then nice. um, the other day we played Slovenia. And it was a must win. We had to win the group, and it was nil nil. And I won't. I won't give you know Greece much credit, but we played so well. But Jan Oblak, if you ever get the chance to see the highlights, was just on another level. He made six incredible saves. Um, and honestly, he he might be the best goalkeeper in the world right now. He was just ridiculous. I mean, we were. It was like seventy thirty possession, shot after shot. He was. He. It, we just could not score. I mean, nil nil is. The classic Greek score, for sure. If you're a Greek soccer fan, you're very used to seeing a nil-nil game. <laughs> but, <laughs> Paulie, I, I think you should start a little uh, TCF Greek fan club. Yeah, see how many Greeks are out there. <laughs> but another, no, another year in the third division for Greece, for the Nations League. So it's kind of disappointing, but we'll see. Gotcha. No, I mean, uh, yeah, that's tough, but... It is what it is. Uh, that that group with Slovenia and everything reminds me of my current FM save with uh, my my Finnish national team boys. We were playing Slovenia and Serbia. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna toot my own horn here, but we beat Slovenia, no problem. Oh yeah. I mean, when you have a world class coach, it's easy. Yeah. Right. No, you're spot on. You're absolutely <laughs> spot on. Um, no. Yeah. Speaking of coaches, uh, guys, those that are tuning in today, this episode is sponsored by Global Youth Soccer Training. If you don't know what Global Global Youth Soccer Training is, uh, you need to go check it out. Go on Instagram, uh, Global Youth Soccer Training, as it sounds, as it is. Um, and basically, it's an online platform that connects um, one-on-one coaches with players in their area. Uh, so if you're somebody and you're looking for some one-on-one training or maybe – Maybe you just need some ideas on training on your own. Constant training videos are posted on the Instagram. Uh, you can also go check out the, check out the website, uh, www.globalyouthsoccertraining.com. 
Um, stay tuned because there will be some training manuals that are being written by the writing team and also some articles coming soon as well. Um, so really go check that out. It's a really great resource to use. Uh, we highly recommend it. Um, yeah, uh, Polly, so Greece, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, some positive signs though. You, we were talking earlier um, a little bit about the EPL coming up this week. A uh, little potential uh, you, young uh, Greek boy uh, might get a little debut for uh, Liverpool. Yeah, well, if you've noticed, Liverpool have about 15 injuries at the moment. So, and being you know <laughs> defensive, defensive players. So, I think yeah, this is a great chance for him to get his debut in and I'm really excited for him you know you don't get the chance to see many Greek players in the in the Premier League so I'm excited they do uh, have a tough opponent Leicester City so we'll see how they cope with that yeah yeah no how, how do you how do you think uh I mean that the what Klopp's having to deal with uh right now with the amount of injuries I mean uh, I can't even imagine being in his shoes right now the frustration I mean, every, like every place they're turning to, everybody's getting injured. I, I, Once in a I, while, I, you know, these things happen. Um, some people blame Klopp, which for me is crazy. I mean, they're athletes. They need to, you know, be in good shape. But people are saying his style of play is causing his injuries, like high pressing, high intensity all the time um, in training and in the game. So maybe yeah. that is something to do with it. I don't know. But, um, I mean, these major clubs, this is – this is what they have to deal with. You have to have depth. The guy right behind has to do the job just as well as uh, the guy in front of him. So good opportunity for some, you know, uh, role players, squad players to fill in and, and uh, you know, keep their momentum going in the prem. For sure. How, how, how much do you think this can impact their season um, in terms of even, you know, uh, finishing, depending on how, you know, players recover, finishing in the top four. It's going to be hard, honestly. I don't know who they're going to line up with, but you've got to think that they're definitely going to lose some points along the way. I mean, other teams are probably licking their lips at this point, like, okay, this is the time to beat Liverpool. But here comes, you know, a good manager. How does Klopp deal with it, like you said? How is he – maybe he changes the system a little bit. Maybe other players step up. You know, you've got Diogo Jota, who's been really, really good for them this year. Maybe he becomes the new go-to guy for them. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I still think uh, they're the favorite against Leicester. I still think that they should win that game. No. You think so? I mean, I think I think attacking-wise, sure. You know, they, 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 they're fresh. They're healthy. Um but I think Lester can do some damage to an inexperienced back line. Yeah. Um, like, I, I mean, I honestly, I, I don't know how to really, um, you know, uh, predict that one at this current moment. I mean, that's, that's tough. That's really it tough. Is, it is. Um, I guess we'll see. I mean, Jamie Vardy will definitely be pressing like crazy, you know, giving those defenders a hard time, but. I mean, you still got who you still got Mane there. Like I said, Diego Jota, I don't even know who's available at the. I know Fabinho's there. Um, I hear Tiago is slowly making his way back. Maybe they, maybe they do start him this week. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. That's uh, a risky game as well. You know, you don't want to rush, yeah, rush yeah. anyone back in. Uh, I mean, that, that's a tough position. And I, like I, I agree with you. You know, people are kind of blending Klopp and his style of play. 
I mean, you can't. I mean, if Dio Boy has produced you uh, a Premier League trophy, Champions League trophy, um, so yeah, for sure, it's a it's a very it's a very high intensity style play. It demands a lot in the player's body. Uh, but at that level, it's more than just blaming a style play. I mean, they got people who you know they have people who are looking after how they recover. They have nutritionists. They have everything. You name it. Um, so you know, strength and conditioning, um, all that stuff. So I think there's uh, more to it. Maybe they need to give more players like, just more rest. Um, like, you know, in, in the training, maybe they don't need to always be uh, involved in, you know, when they're working on their pressing and whatnot. You know, you play it so much, you, you pretty much know it like the back of your hand. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's tough. By the way, did you see Liverpool? I did. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. Unreal. I mean, uh, there's a, you know, they're showing Klopp's new office. And I was like, why, why have the need to leave? Yeah. Just stay there. It's honestly like better than my house, his office. Yeah, I mean, just stay there, and when you clock out, get on FM. He's living the life. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of FM, what's uh, what's going on right now? It's been a week. Uh, I mean, a week's a long time. I don't know uh, when where I left off exactly. I did mention I was managing Iraklis, the Greek team. Uh, My first season with them, I finished in fifth. So just short of a uh, European competition, but the following season was great. I, um, yeah, by the way, I finished another year that quickly in like four days. It's crazy how much I've been playing. Um, Whoa, you, you're, you're cramming through uh, right now. How fast does it take you to finish? It, it? it depends how long I'm playing. If I'm like sitting down playing a lot, like a couple hours a day, I can take like four days probably to finish the season. That, and that's a lot of playing. Usually, sure. like, it'll take a week or two if I'm just casually playing. Uh, but if I get it done in four days, I'm grinding. That's for sure. <laughs> you're on the grind. Yeah, and also, you're, you're, you're just on your own save. You're not on an online save. Yeah, so yep, it goes sure. much faster as but, well. Um, but anyway, that second season um, started off pretty rusty, but made an incredible run in the second half of the season. Ended up getting third, which means I got a Europa League 2 place. And Drew, okay. uh, so a qualifier, I'm playing against Midtjylland. And we lost the first game 1-0, and I'm getting ready for the second game here. I'm actually playing. Um, but I, I really don't know okay. if I'm going to be able no. to turn it around. But either way, got him into Europe. That was kind of my goal for the same. Yeah, no, that was with me at Dundee. Uh, get him into the Europa 2. Uh, and we played a Turkish team, and we got smashed. Uh, I think it ended up being like we scored one goal, but I think in both legs it ended up being four-one uh, total. Um, but no, it always feels good. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm still in the season that we were talking about last week. Um, it's been frustrating, but I believe last week I was you know mentioning how I had a strong preseason and then I was going through a little rough patch, but I've uh, I've come out the other side. Uh, I saw the yeah. light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm I'm, I'm there. Um, just in the month of December, a crucial month, I uh, had five games, won two, drew two, lost one. So that's massive for uh, our club. That's massive. Um, and I almost got the uh, manager of the month as well for the month of December, which was you know, with this team. 
it, it's tough. This is this is like tougher than usual because uh, I started this save in this league and now I'm back into this league. And when I started this save, a lot of the teams were semi-professional status. But now, five years later in 2025, only two are semi-professional status. And it's me and uh, Cove Rangers who have come up from Wait, so uh, you're still team. semi-professional, so, you said? I'm semi-professional. Only two, only two clubs in our league of ten oh, wow. are semi-professional, and I'm one of them. And the rest are. So it's tough. It's really tough. And I was finding myself uh, just kind of bouncing back and forth between relegation zone, like eight, to, you know, just out of relegation zone. But now I'm at a solid mid-table, uh, you know, sixth position, and I'm only uh, well now it's like six points from playoffs. And we still have half a season to go. I don't think people realize how difficult it is being a part-time team in a full-time league. I so I I never really experienced it that much. I've definitely done a majority of my stays as semi-professional, like you know, starting out. But you're in a league with amongst other semi-professionals. Yeah. So it's you know everybody's on the same fitness level, same same everything. But when you're a semi-professional team and you're in a league with the majority of them as a professional, they're, they're those players are training every day. They're you know they're much fitter. Uh, they play yeah, so it's tough. It's oh yeah, tough to grind I out. I can't imagine. Goal. It's I, I've tried it a few times, and I think I either left the job or resigned or just quit the save. I've I've never really given it a go. It's hard. No, but now, yeah, so if you would have asked me, because obviously FM 2020, uh, 21s, you know, the full version will be out soon. Uh, the guy I'm playing with, our, our agreed thing was once the full version's out, we'll just start a save on uh, FM 21 with the teams yeah. that we've left off on. So I'll stay with uh, Arbroth in the second tier of um, Scotland. If I can also do the Finland national team at the same time, I'll do that. And then he'll be at um, – it's a second-tier Portuguese team. I don't know how to pronounce it, but he's actually doing really well. He's uh, he's now first place in his league, so he'll probably get promoted most likely. Um, but no, now we are now we don't want to leave the FM21 because we're just so invested into the state. Like if I, if I can creep my way into playoffs uh, at the end of the season – I for sure want to play a whole nother season with this team. 100%. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't let it go. Um, speaking of which, we I'm playing as, right now as well at the same time, and I got a game against the first place team the tomorrow. So it's gonna be a tough one, real tough. Um, oof. yeah, I'm I'm nervous. I've gotten some decent recruits though. I brought in a boy from a Brazilian who came up through the Barcelona Academy and was a solid player for Barcelona B, making 36 appearances, and then just got released. And I, swap, I swapped him up for free. Um, so, oh, no, you can't. No, I've heard, I've heard some really play. good things about FM21. I've just heard, usually people always give FM a hard time when I read some of the reviews early stage, but this year apparently – it's great. And this is just the beta, you know, the full version's not even out yet. Yeah, I have I have the bit. I just haven't really played it. Um I I've been yeah, too invested into this. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. 
Um, yeah, but no, and right now in, in the league uh, that I'm in, it's, I'm starting to learn how to uh, how to really like organize my training if I only have it two days a week. You know, I can't be so detailed. It needs to be more broad and, uh, you know, one day defending, one day attacking. Whereas like before when I'm on a professional team and I can have up to three sessions in one day, I was doing like uh, on a Monday, it would be if I didn't have a game on Sunday and had it on Saturday, Monday would be like, uh, you know, a fitness session, like with like, you know, the weights or whatnot. Then you're looking at uh, ball retention. And then I'd probably finish it out with, uh, like maybe attacking wings or attacking direct to work yeah. on my counter attack that day. Uh, and then, you know, just every day, much different. Typically two, two days out of the week, I was having like three sessions. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but now it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now it's very broad. Um, no, but I love the, I love the training. I love the training aspect in the game now, how, how much control you have into it. I before would never really pay attention to it, but, um, and F, since I've been playing FM 20, it's, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, can you give me one sec, crop this bit out? Give me like 30 seconds. I think my mom's at my front door here. One sec. <laughs> All right, mom. All right. I'm back. You're back. Did your yeah, mom drop you off a care package or what, Polly? I don't know why. <laughs> Didn't even give me a... What an, <laughs> what an absolute angel. Um, I've actually started re reading uh, Jurgen oh, Klopp's yeah, book, his autobiography. It's, it's amazing. Oh, it's good. It's good. I'm not like a... I mean, I've gotten into reading as I've gotten older, and uh, but typically I read like sports stuff and whatnot, so I... Like I read Pep's book um, a few years ago, and uh, obviously I've read some more books. But if we're talking, this is my second manager book that I've read. I'm gonna start. I really want to start reading. Like uh, I want to read Klopp's, and then I want to read Jose Mourinho's. But Klopp so far is amazing. I'm just in the beginning, and I'm already uh, learning. You know, so much from about the guy. He's such a genuine uh, guy, and has a really really good knack for man management and just, you know, a good relationship with his players and just being himself uh, is why players play, you know, they play their heart out for him. You know, he, he's not, he's not putting on a, a show or an act. He, he's himself and they respect that. So it's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I, oh, look at that. Phil Neville has made a offer for my best player. Had to turn that one down. with those guys. Can't happen. Yeah, can't happen. Can't happen. He's got to go. He can't, he can't go. He has to stay. But Phil Neville <laughs> needs to get out of my inbox. Um, no, yeah, the book, it, guys, those that are listening right now, I, I recommend it. It is, if you want to order it, I got it on Amazon for like 10 bucks. It's called Jurgen Klopp, obviously. It's autobiography, but it's by Elmar Neveling. So uh, Elmar, E-L-M-A-R, Neveling. N-E-V-E-L-I-N-G. Check it out. It's really good. Um, you kind of learn about where he got his footballing philosophy from, uh, you know, where his main influence came from, and then also putting his own spin on it and how he just kind of got into management. He, I didn't even know this, but, um, I mean, it's 
and it's not really a spoiler because it's his own life, but um, he got his first managerial job for the team that he was playing for at the time. So he was a player. They were going through a bunch of managers, and it just wasn't going well. And then the club called them up, and they were like, how would you like to be a player manager? And he said, he said, I'll do it, but I don't want to be a player. I just want to be a manager. And so they gave it to him. Um, and basically how he, um, you know, how he described himself is like he was a Landesliga player with the brains of a Bundesliga player. And at that time, you would get a spike of Bundesliga. So uh, for those that don't know the, the tiers, Landesliga is the sixth tier. Um, and then obviously fight the uh, Bundesliga is the second Bundesliga and that's where he was playing and that's where he got his he got his job so he got lucky is what he's basically saying to get his job and starting out in the second Bundesliga um but you know he was kind of playing and he always had an interest for you know tactics and being a manager um and so when the opportunity came he just he stepped up and yeah he did a really good job obviously look at him now uh, but I really recommend the book. It's five stars. I love it so far. I've been reading it every night, <laughs> uh, reading myself. Awesome. No, it's always interesting to see, you know, every every path some coaches take, you know. Some, yeah, do get a little lucky, but luck kind of has to be involved. You have to be at the right place, right situation. But you see a lot who work, their, uh, work themselves up to the top two, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um no, nah, man, at, at that level, I I really one day would love to just go and, like, watch. I would love to go and just, like, watch a week, week's worth of, like, Dortmund training or uh, even, no, like, an MLS training, just a week's worth, and just kind of, like, be there, be on the field, but just watch and observe. And it's the best way to learn from, unreal you know, experience. top guys, and then you can implement your own – twist into it. That's what it's all about. You know, you don't have to just, you know, carbon copy everything. You just see what it's like. Oh yeah. He's doing that. Well, I should do this when I'm, you know, doing defensive training or whatever. And that's just, that's just about anything as a player too. watch the best players in the world, watch their habits, how they do stuff. Most important thing in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you saw from the, going back to international break, but, uh, Jack Grealish had a really good performance, even though they lost, I think it was 2-0 to Belgium. But he came out and he said, um, you know, he's been watching loads of film of De Bruyne and De Bruyne and one other player. Uh, I forgot the other player he's been watching a lot. But he, he mentioned, he's like, I've been watching De Bruyne's film and learning from him and taking things from him. And, there, you know, that, that was amazing for him to come out and, you know, say that because that just shows even at the highest level of course they're going to go back and watch their own film but they they admire other players playing styles and what they're doing and he's going and you know taking the time to watch that guy's film and implement it in his own game and it's you know it's going well for him he's he's, he's obviously gotten himself into the english national team now uh doing well he's playing well he's, he's a big you know big member for aston, aston villa as well and they're you know, they're doing really well in the league this year. So um, the, crazy, the crazy thing so about that is, like, that. you look at Jack Grealish and Kevin De Bruyne, and they're two different players. They don't play the same position. So I think that's cool. You know how he watches De Bruyne, probably just right. decision making in some areas of the pitch, like how 
he handles himself and stuff like that. So I, I love I love to hear about that. I mean, some people probably don't. They're like, oh, he's your competitor. You shouldn't be talking about him that way. But, I mean, he's a student of the game too. You know, he wants to further himself. So fair play to him. No, it's awesome. It's awesome to see, you know, players at the highest level, oh, like continuing wanting to improve um, off the field as well. You know, they're, what are you doing? Sure, you can train, 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 but what are you doing off the field that's going to improve your game? Um, so that's awesome. Yeah, a- any chance you can get to learn from somebody, um, you know, like we were saying, observing a training, picking up, you know, training habits, coaching habits, um, how they're implementing their style into the training. Um, Because when you have a style of play, um, I believe the best way is to every single thing that you do in your training as a coach needs to be about your style of play. Um, From the technical warm-up to the last kick of the the training session, everything has to be about how you're going to implement your style of play. I love seeing um, when I'm on a team and the coach for a technical passing warm-up. If we're playing a a very much so in our midfield, a uh, you know a center back skips the center mid, finds a deep uh, a deep line forward who sets it off for the center mid to go out wide. I would I love when I come to training and then I see uh, a passing drill for warm-up that implements that. Uh, just so, cause like that is very important for all, for all those like soccer dads or anyone that's a coach, uh, here that just wants to, you know, pick up the, something to do for your own team. I think that's massive because the more you implement it in your training from, even from something as little as the warm up, the more it becomes second nature for your players. And then when they are on the field, they won't even have to think about it. It's just second nature. You've done it so many times in training when you show up on the weekend, uh, you know, they, it's no problem. When the, your center back picks up the ball, he knows what to do. Uh, when the center bit, center mid uh, gets the ball dropped to him, he knows to spray it out wide or spray it, you know, to uh, find the striker, find whoever you, however you want to implement yeah. that style. Uh, it's awesome. So um, definitely Absolutely. something very, Absolutely. very important. Uh, how'd you do that? You know, what was your style of play that you were going for with, um, with um yeah, it's always, uh, it's always difficult. Season. You know, um, I like I like to keep the ball. I like to play a possession based game. I think, you know, as a coach, as a sports team, you want to entertain, um, you just want to entertain in general and play beautiful footy. So I always try to get the most out of my players in that sense. If I were to play for a result, yeah, we'd pack in the box, throw a guy forward, but at the end of the day, we're not playing in a huge competition, you know, for glory or anything like that. Um, It's not a result-based business for me. It's uh, developmental-based. So I think the most you can get out of a player is to develop their technical ability, you know, their awareness and stuff like that. So we did a lot of possession-based stuff, small-sided stuff, quick thinking, quick reactions. So, yeah, we tried to build out of the back, keep the ball, um, And then as the season went on, you know, defensive habits, how we defend as a unit and how we're going to score goals. Usually, you know, at this level, at this age, individual brilliance kind of causes that. But I kind of just painted a picture for them. This is how I want you guys to build up. 
you guys express yourselves. I didn't want to restrict them too much, you know, as kids. Um, but yeah, I, that's how I like to control the game. I like to have most of the ball. And then I think that puts you in the best position to win. And it, it's also fun to watch. It's an attractive style of play. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, it is really important at a young age to, um, you know, you, it's, it's a hard balance. You, you don't want to be too much about, you know, um, it's not important. Uh, the result's not important, but also you yeah. do want to have the importance on the result because you don't want them to lose a competitive side. So it's a, it's a tough balance. You don't want them to be com- completely stressed out where you're putting fear into their playing. Something that I yeah. felt like I had a lot as a, a young player. A lot of fear was put into uh, us as, as teams. And uh, I kind of found that being um, a common thing as I progressed on into play. And that, that kind of stuck with me. Um, but, yeah, so you don't want to you know, be too result-driven. Uh, but also you, you know, you want to allow them to have freedom and uh, you want them to develop and um, feel, feel the freedom to try things in games. And if they make a mistake, try it again kind of thing. So it's tough. It's a really tough balance. And you kind of just have to yeah, judge. Exactly. Everybody's uh, different, you know, you, to get the most out um, of one guy, you maybe you have to treat him a little differently. So that's definitely. Something. Yeah, exactly. You know, some players might respond really well to like a hard talking if they make a mistake and then some will completely shut down and right, you might even drive right. a young player out of the I game. Mean, never that, that's that. coaching in, in the youth level is completely yeah. different than at the senior level where you, you know, it's just result based. What you have is what you get. You know, you can dive into the market and get a few players or whatever, but usually the money's pretty tight. Um, and it's just result driven. So whatever you have, you got to get the most out of it and, and play to win. And here it's just kind of like developing, voting them for the future, seeing, you know, if they can continue to play and getting the most out of them in that sense. Absolutely. No, well said. I mean, yeah. Uh, when you become, when you get older, yeah, it, it not only is it result driven, but football becomes a business and you very much see that as a player because uh, a lot, you know, a loss on the weekend might, at the end of the season, put a like a damper on your, you know, your chances of reaching playoffs or promotion or whatever it is, or or maybe not picking up those three points puts you in the relegation zone, and then if you drop down a division, you know, you're losing less fans and all this, so it becomes very much so business, and yeah, you you're gonna feel pressure. You you are gonna feel pressure. Uh, no matter what. Um, so no matter what level, there will be pressure. But at that young age, you don't really um, need to focus on putting in pressure because, like, kids kids typically care already. You know, they're already competitive. Um, so, yeah, you know, typically you don't have to do all that uh, for a kid. You know, they, they want to play. They want to compete. They want to win. Every kid wants to win, typically. Um so yeah, you know, it's it, it's a it definitely is a tough balance. Uh, but yeah, no, in the at the high level, highest level, that was another thing. You know, you you mentioned, um, you know, they're you know implementing a style play, and people you know have opinions about this. For instance, you got 
Pep, no matter what, he's going to play attacking possession-based football. No matter who's against He's never going to go to a defensive style and sit back because, just like you said, um, he believes that, you know, if you have the ball, you have the best chance of winning, uh, which is typically true, typically, yeah. But also, you can be tactically savvy and set up, a, you know, a really deep line, you know, you know quote-unquote park the bus and look for counters and expose their weaknesses and then come out with the draw. Yeah. Is it beautiful football? No, but it's three points. So... I think there's something I think there's something really creative about that as well. Some you know a manager that can go to a style of play that is uh, dominant, like very dominating, uh, and find a tactical plan with the players that he has to break that down and get a result. I think that there's something really special in that, and that's kind of why for me I really um, I really admire Mourinho. Um, Sure, he doesn't get a lot of stick, and yes, is every time he's he's right on the number. No, but uh, he certainly has produced some unbelievable football for with teams, and also he has like you know come out and you know really uh, broken down teams. Yeah, he did a really good job of adapting, you know, and so getting really cool. the most out of his top players. He's really a master at that. I mean, he made Diego Milito look yeah. world class. You know, I entered when they won the champion. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of my favorite teams ever. Uh, that inner team. Um, no, it's it, it really cool. So, yeah. Um, no, it's really special. Uh, the 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 life of a manager at the top. I mean, at all levels is is a really stressful stressful job uh, i mean have you have you seen like the pictures from like when pep first no, took over no. barcelona <laughs> till when he was done with barcelona oh you, you should you should go back it's like a four-year span and he you know the amount of hair and that he had when he started already wasn't much but at least was like colored and you know whatnot. but by the end of four years it was like completely gray imagine like, he had one of the best teams of all complete, time a complete so. stress <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So imagine if you oh, like, you know, are fighting a relegation battle. Oh my goodness, you couldn't, you couldn't sleep. You couldn't sleep. No. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. But um, you know, the only clo- the closest thing I have to that right now is this game that I have in FM against the first place team, St. Johnstone. So um, that will be the closest thing I get to that kind of stress. It is pretty stressful. Not gonna play, lie, FM. Know, it we'll does. Towards more. I mean- No, I get, I get, I genuinely, when I go on a bad run, I will step away from the game and be like, what am I doing it's wrong? Not like, it's not, you know, it's not me. <laughs> like, what am I doing wrong? Like, is it the training? <laughs> yeah. Is it, is, you know, is it, is it the, is it the formation? Is it whatever? I was like, ah, or do I need to sell a player or need to bring in a player? Uh, it just, it, it does stress you out. Um, no, yeah, it, it, it's a great game. Um, and it definitely is like the most realistic one. If you guys are listening and you don't play FM, you have to try it out. Um, also, like I said before, this episode is sponsored by Global Youth Soccer Training. So if you haven't heard about it, go check them out on Instagram. Uh, go check out the website. Some great content uh, for training on your own, training in small groups, team training, uh, one-on-one training, all of that. Uh, so go check it out on Instagram at Global Youth Soccer 
uh, training, uh, GYST. Um, so, Paul, yeah, man, another great episode. I, I enjoyed um, it. Man. Look forward to next week, you know, Premier League games, see how Liverpool ends up doing. Conversation on how uh, Tamikas got man of the yeah, match. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, some... <laughs> yeah, some big games to look out for, uh, particularly that Liverpool um, Leicester game. Uh, you got Newcastle Chelsea, so some really good ones. Um, I look forward to having the Premier League back as always. Uh, but yeah, another good uh, another good week, another great episode. Look forward to tuning in next weekend. Guys, keep tuning in. Keep sharing. Follow us on Instagram as well at Tactical Club for Football. Um, pass the podcast on to somebody. If you're listening to it and you think they enjoy it, pass it on. Uh, we would really appreciate it.